One of the hardest things to me as a priest is saying no to people when they ask for something. So I, I was uh, on the phone with this mother of some children who wanted to baptize her kids. And so, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a longer conversation, but, you know, it was sort of like, all right, you know, do you go to church? No. Are you going to, do you plan on going to church? No. Are you going to put your kids into catechism? No. I was like, well, why do you want to baptize your kids? She said, well, I'm baptized. I said, okay, so, well, I'm not going to baptize your kids. <laughs> I said, baptism's not magic. I mean, without an education and involvement with a community, basically it'll be meaningless. And then she says to me, oh, I've read the New Testament. I know all about you people with, you, with your human man-made laws. And I said, okay. It's like, yeah, Christianity is a great, a great idea until you have to actually deal with people like me. So you actually have to like get in your car and go someplace. You know, like I just did a baptism earlier today. Not, not for her. <laughs> and uh, of course, you can imagine, I said all the best things. Yeah. I said all the best things at baptism. Because right there, we got the, the most important, right? It's like you have, you have a kid and you look at the kid and you think, I love this kid. But you can't give everything the kid needs, right? Because you know the kid is going to get sick. The kid's going to suffer. You can't save the child from that. You can't, you can't, you can't save the child from, from even death. So parents who themselves have met Christ say, well, I'm going to offer my children to Christ. And Christ gives them the gifts of eternal life. I said, this is what we're talking about, baby. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're here for. It's the resurrection, the presence of Christ. This is, this is everything. I say, why don't more people come to church since it's so good, since this is so good? Well, this is the whole thing. You could hear what I just said. It's like, well, that's a great idea. And I like it, and, and I believe it. But to believe it, do I have to deal with, like, you people? <laughs> the hierarchy, the magisterium. I mean, if I could say, most people I talk to, they tell me I don't go to church, but they say, but I believe in God. And I say, okay, yeah. It's like, how much money do you give God on a regular basis? <laughs> because if God's real, it's going to impact what's in your pockets. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, if Christ is here, this is going to mean things for you, right? It's like people who think that marriage is a great idea. Man, I want to be married. I love this relationship, this beautiful thing, children. Oh, but I have to find somebody to do this with. What if he's a jerk? He's going to be a jerk. What if she complains too much? She's going to complain too much. But sorry, marriage is not a good idea. Well, it can be a good idea. But marriage itself is not an idea. It's a reality in the flesh between two people. In the same way, Christianity is not a good idea. It's a reality. Hope, faith, is not some uh, reality in the mind. It comes from a relationship with a person in a place that you become attached to. This creates a society. And every society, being a real society, has laws, rules, hierarchies. All of them do. Find one that doesn't. Why? For good order. 
Yeah, to try to protect justice between peoples as much as possible. And in that way, it's the same way with the church. In the church, you're going to come up against rules. And what do the rules serve? For us to be in relationship with Christ. Here, let's say something very briefly. There are what are called merely ecclesial laws. Merely ecclesial. Meaning simply just the church. They're just church laws. In other words, they're church laws that do not coincide with the law of God. And the church is very clear. There's the law of God and there's church laws. Sometimes church law coincides with God's law. But sometimes there's just merely ecclesial laws. And it's true. They are totally man-made. And because of that, the church can get rid of them if she wants to. What's a very well-known merely ecclesial law? That priests can't get married. That's not a law from God. It's merely ecclesial. All this drama, I can't believe how many people want to talk to me about, did you hear what Pope Francis said? No. I care what the Pope says, but I don't, you know, read him every day, you know. You know, if they change the law about priestly celibacy, that's fine, because it's not a divinely instituted law. It's merely ecclesial. I really hope the church doesn't take, a, take it away, because I think it's a, a huge gift and a treasure for the church. Here's another law that's maybe a little closer to home to a lot of you. You're not allowed to get married on the beach. <laughs> this is a tough one. I had to go to a, a marriage uh, for my cousin that was... It was, it was on a basketball court outside. <laughs> he had, like, sunglasses on. He was, like, chewing gum. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know. But this is a merely ecclesial law because the church has decided to regulate marriage in order to try to protect justice. Since marriage comes from nature, anybody can be married just by saying I do to each other in the woods or skydiving or underwater. And the church would say, well, that's a marriage. But between Catholics, the church has decided to make laws around it, like you need two witnesses, like you need to have a duly delegated uh, representative of the church, like a priest or a deacon. And the church has decided in Florida to never allow anybody to get married on the beach. We can talk about this. I've brought it up because I care, I care about you guys. Okay? I've brought this up to the bishop, to the, to the presbyteral council. I said, let's throw the people a bone. I don't know why they want to get married on the beach. You don't. It doesn't make sense to any of us. But they do. And then it's, I went to one marriage on the beach, and I just remember, you know, like, the waves crashing into the bridal company, you know. The guy sunbathing over here, the dog running around. I couldn't hear anything the justice of peace was saying. But apart from that, the church could allow. So I thought, well, maybe we should, you know, find some sort of compromise and allow them to get married in a chapel that's outside, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, they shut me down. They shut me down. But you need to know that I'm on your team. <laughs> I'm your advocate. Because you're welcome. <laughs> I said, let's not make it hard. They say, well, if they're really Catholic, they'll get married in church. And I said, well, that's, you know, people are getting married on the beach. So, so I said, now here's the whole thing. Now, but if you want to be in relationship with Christ, here's something that's, say, hard. Okay, well then, don't get married on the beach. Now, that's something that's hard. Now, and that takes a sort of, you know, maturity. Because to say it like this, when you meet Christ, the people who met Christ in the first century Palestine, they met this man, and they went home happy. And the next day they said, wow, I love what I got from that man, Christ. 
But to continue to be in relationship with him, what did they have to do? They had to leave their homes and go outside and go back to this particular place where that man Jesus is. Because Jesus exists in the flesh in this particular way. So you couldn't just go anywhere and say, well, Jesus is everywhere and therefore I can go anywhere. Yeah, in a certain way, Jesus is everywhere. We can talk about that. But concretely, to be with him, to have faith, and therefore to have hope has less to do with the ideas in your head and more to do with a place that you belong. And you say, I belong to this community and therefore, therefore I have the faith. Therefore, I have hope. My friend was just telling me he was reading with his high school kids this beautiful poem all about the beauty of life. I can't remember who wrote it, but what the word was, it was just over and over, like all these beautiful things in life. And it was the last thing she wrote before she killed herself. So I said, okay, so what's the relationship between affirming the beauty of life and having the energy and the hope to continue to live and to say yes to this beautiful life? Well, energy and hope to say yes to life does not come from the thoughts in our heads. It comes from belonging to a place. And as we hear in the gospel today, Christ gave the keys of the kingdom to Peter. He says, And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the nether world shall not prevail against it. And we can argue about whether the rock is Peter himself or the profession of faith that Peter made, and that's perfectly fine. But the next lines, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, a profession of faith cannot hold the keys to the kingdom. Only a person can. And Christ gave the keys of the kingdom to Peter. And that responsibility continues to exist here today. My friends, it's just as simple as this. If we're going to profess that we're Christians, we have to, if we're going to profess that God became man, we have to say he is still man here in this place. If you ever visit me in my office, you will see on my wall a framed letter from a certain man, Bishop Gerald Barbarito. Okay. And it's a letter that he wrote to me. Somebody told me today, maybe it's his 20th anniversary of being in the diocese. Wow, what a gift. So he wrote me a letter, which he does every once in a while. And it says, I'm assigning you to the Cathedral of St. Ignatius. Okay? And it says other stuff. But I put that letter on the wall. Why? Because when I ask myself if I'm doing the right thing in my life, if I'm doing what Christ wants me to, I say, yes, I'm serving here. Well, how do I know that's Christ's will? Because the bishop told me. You say, Father, you sound a little simplistic. No, but that's what we're talking about. Oh, am I doing the right thing with Christ? Well, are you treating your wife well? (laughs) Yeah? We live our relationship with Christ in the flesh, not in the abstract. So yes, by serving, I know I'm, I know I'm called by Christ to be here because I've been asked to be here. I know that Christ has called me to be a priest because I've been made a priest. It's, it's incarnational. It's not simplistic. It's incarnational. It's human. And this, as hard and painful and difficult as all human realities are when we're called to live together and face the other and all the difficulties, difficulties that come with that, it's only by living that relationship that we're able truly to embrace hope, that we're able to truly embrace faith as the presence of Christ in the flesh. 
My friends, let us not take a superficial view of the church or her laws or what the church asks of us, because we say it is through all of these things that Christ wants to come to us, because the church is the sacrament of salvation, and that salvation continues to be here in this unity that we're all invited to, and that indeed we're all gathered here together to express visibly. And so thank you for your presence as an expression of your good hope uh, at today's Mass.